The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give, therefore, to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. I'm sure that by now, uh, many, if not all of you, have heard that Bishop Tom Shaw died this past Saturday. Uh, It was quite a shock, even though we had received a letter uh, over a week before from Bishop Gates. But uh, as with so many things like this, uh, the anticipation of his passing was uh, very different from the reality of it. And I know that many of you, as well as, uh, as me, have been shocked and saddened by his loss. I have thought about Tom's life and what immediately comes to mind, of course, are all those accomplishments that you'll read about in the Boston Globe in his obituary. And there were so many of them, uh, both as superior at the monastery and as bishop of our diocese. But what I have found to be the hallmark of Tom's life were not all those many accomplishments. And if you look at the, uh, the tributes that are being offered, you find very few references to all of those great things that were done on behalf of the monastery, the, the national church and our church. But rather, you find that it was about Tom giving away his life to other people. He spent his life. He spent it lavishly on others. I hope that uh, this morning I can draw a connection between Tom's life and what we hear in today's gospel. The gospel account is, I think, the third challenge to Jesus. You remember he had the triumphal entry and then he cast out the money changers, overturned their tables. And then after that, the authorities at the temple started to challenge Jesus by what authority he was doing these things. So finally, now we come to the lesson for today. And this, of course, is in Holy Week as he's uh, as as the crowds are gathering for Passover and uh, his uh, his passion and crucifixion are not far off. And Pharisees and Herodians come to him in order to trip him up. 
Now, the Pharisees were those who were very loyal to Israel. They were nationalists and they didn't have much time for Roman authority. But the Herodians, on the other hand, uh, supported the rule of the Roman puppet Herod. So the the whole point of the exchange was uh, if Jesus said uh, to, to not pay the tax, then the Herodians would report him to the Romans because it would have been treasonous. But if he said uh, to pay the tax, then the Pharisees would denounce him among the people as someone who was not loyal to Israel. So they were hoping to trap him with this very simple question. But Jesus, as he often did, brilliantly and dramatically neutralized the whole thing. And he asked them to produce a coin that pays the taxes. So someone or a number of them pulled out a denarius. And that was a coin that uh, essentially was the pay for a, a normal day's work. But the trick was they were standing in the temple. Now, remember, Jesus had driven out the money changers. The money changers were necessary because it was not uh, acceptable to come into the temple with a Roman coin that bore the image of the emperor on it. That would be a violation of the first commandment. So the Roman coins needed to be exchanged for temple coins. Well, here were these Pharisees and Herodians holding a denarius with the face of the emperor on it in the temple precincts. And Jesus says, you hypocrites. And then he asks them, whose face is on that coin? And they say the emperor's. And he says, then give to the emperor's, to the emperor, what is the emperor's? But give to God what is God's. And then, of course, they are stymied and they go away in amazement. Well, the lesson, I think, begs the question, what are the things that belong to God? The answer, of course, for Christians is that everything belongs to God. God gives us everything. God gives us our life. God gives us, I believe, even faith. So at the heart of this, I think, is the question of stewardship of our lives. Often we talk about stewardship of money. And many times we'll speak about stewardship of time. But I think that as I have thought about Tom's life, he was a great steward of his life in terms of what he did with his life day in and day out. And it wasn't just time. It was giving of himself in a very personal way. I think I've become more conscious of the passing of time as I grow older, and I know there are perhaps some here who can relate to that. But when Tom received his uh, diagnosis of the brain tumor, I think I was really caught up short. Uh, Tom is a contemporary of mine. He was only a few months older than I am. So I found myself thinking about my own life and looking back on how I had used my life. What kind of a steward have I been of my life? And quite honestly, there were aspects of that that were very troubling. As I think about Tom, I think he was able to look back on his life and be thankful for almost all of it. Shortly after he had had his uh, first surgery and he had a better sense from the surgeon of what was ahead of him, 
we had a dean's meeting. And I remember we were all quite anxious about what we would hear from him about his, uh, his, his health and what the prognosis might be. And I remember him uh, telling us that it was very serious and that it probably would not end well, but that he was going to do everything possible that was reasonable, that, he, that was recommended by his physicians because he trusted them and he knew that they were really trying to help him. But he said the most amazing thing was that after I got that diagnosis and got the, the response from the surgeon of what he saw from that surgery, he said, I was filled with an overwhelming sense of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for the wonderful life that God had given me. Thanksgiving for the way that that life had been able to be lived. And if you go today on the, the Society of St. John the Evangelist, you just uh, Google SSJE and you get to their home page on the home page, you'll find a place where you can click for remembrances, I think it says, or something like that of Tom. And there's a picture of him at the top of the home page. And when you get to that page where remembrances are being offered, you'll find there a about a two minute video where he talks about this sense of thanksgiving that he had after he received that diagnosis. You'll also find a lot of uh, tributes that are being offered, many, many tributes. And I hope you'll take a, a moment at least to look at some of those to get a sense of the man that you may have known but didn't know quite as dramatically as you see in those tributes. Well, I think as I uh, examine what I knew of Tom's life, that the hallmark of it was the giving away of self. And it was represented in a number of different ways. Tom loved people, and he especially loved people who were living on the margins of society. He was always reaching out to those who often were considered to be outcasts. Tom would, whenever he would meet a new person, he, you knew when, when he met you that he really wanted to know you. Even if he asked, how are you doing? You knew that he wanted to know. It wasn't just something that was a kind of an offhand remark. He really wanted to know how you were doing. And many times he would say something like, I hope you're having fun or I hope you're enjoying what you're doing. I think he said that because he truly enjoyed what he was doing. I met with him once uh, when the Diocese of South Dakota was considering uh, someone for bishop and I had been invited to submit my name. And I thought I should talk with him about that. And he said to me, I have never had a more enjoyable job than what I do as Bishop of Massachusetts. He said, I love every minute of it. And he lived his life as a bishop of our diocese, truly enjoying every bit of it. When Lou and I were new to the diocese, he invited us to dinner at his hermitage uh, up in uh, Newburyport at um, Emory House. And I don't remember what we ate, but the one thing I remember from that evening was uh, there were only four place settings. And he, he commented about that, and it turns out that the reason he only had four place settings was because the brothers had decided that if he had more place settings, 
he'd be inviting more people and he wouldn't be using the hermitage as a, as a way to get away from people sometimes. And that was so true, I think, of who he was. Whenever we gathered as deans uh, and we gathered once a month with him, uh, we would start our meetings with a, a Bible study. And that Bible study usually went about an hour, sometimes even longer. And I remember how amazed I was at how transparent Tom was about who he was and about his ministry, the challenges that he was facing, not just challenges as bishop, but challenges as Tom. He was very open with us. And when he first came out as gay, he met with the deans and he said, what do you think people will say? (laughs) Of course, Tom had a special way of coming out when he came out. It was at the film festival in uh, Sundance. Now, not everybody would do that, (laughs) but Tom would. (laughs) He had a way of just being with you, who he was. And nothing more. And I think in a sense that's, uh, that's what humility is. I think he truly was a humble man. Now those of you who have been around Tom and have known him much longer than I have known him, uh, know how important it was for him to be with people and to truly know them. But most of all, to pour his life into theirs. He also spoke about Jesus more than any Episcopal priest or Episcopal bishop I've ever been around. He talked about Jesus a lot. I was left with the impression that Jesus was with him, walking with him all through his life. He would often talk about his prayer. He prayed 90 minutes a day. That was part of his discipline at the monastery. And many times in meetings, he'd say, in my prayer, I had this question. And I got this answer. It was amazing how he always referred to his prayer as the basis for what he was doing. I believe that Bishop Tom was able to embrace an uncertain and perhaps a dire future with thankfulness. Because he knew who he was in the presence of God. He knew how much God had given to him. And he had given his life as much as he could to other people. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's and to God that which is God's. When we look back on our lives, may we look back upon those lives and give thanks. Give thanks for all of the goodness that God has poured out in our lives. But also to give thanks for the way that we have been offered the opportunity to give our lives for others. Amen.